0: А-а-а! Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Hallex. And joining us in the studio this week, we have Julie Beyer, the principal and founder at Glow Chocolate. Keyword chocolate, everybody, she brought chocolate. It's, it's I'm Friday very excited. afternoon and it's chocolate. <laughs> It's going to be a good prophecy. day. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so now you have the connection directly with Julie Luca, don't you? Yes. I'm well, going to let so you indirectly. That's all right. Tell we're, your
2: indirect multiple. We were we we've been talking about how many different ways we're connected here, <laughs> and uh, so so two people said to me that we should have you on the show. I'm honored. And both of those people have been on the show. And and so I thought, oh well, of course. Then and and reached out to you, and we had a quick chat. And then you were supposed to come on the show in January, and we got snowed out. So so we we had to move because that periodically happens up here in our little microclimate so, on top so of Burnaby Mountain.
1: Yeah, rarely in Vancouver. Yeah,
2: yeah. So and and so you, Julie, have you you've got um, connections with um, uh, with Adina Neufeld, yes, um, who was on just last month. Yeah. And and we had to woo we wooed Adina for a long time to get her <laughs> on the show, and and then she when could. she suggested that you come on the show, then uh-huh. she said, well, I guess I really have to because <laughs> because I can't tell somebody else to come on the show if I'm not willing to do it, oh. right? So so I finally got her amazing, uh, yeah. Um, and then and then we had Flora Gordon who uh, on the show also um, mm. who is a a, a branding. Wiz, Wiz, yes, Wiz, and she's been she's doing my rebranding for me, and you were saying that she's been doing some branding work for you as well. Graphic design, yeah, yeah, graphic design work, and she's multi talented and 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 so this is the this is how we always get fascinating people on the show is because fascinating people know fascinating people and they say, (laughs) ooh, you should come on the show too, and so here we Mm -hmm. and here we are, so. It Thank means you for our system is working. Our system is working. Perfect.
3: Well. <laughs> and then you got gifted my chocolates. You I know. know. Yes,
2: yes, that's right. right. Somebody else who doesn't even know you yep. <laughs> but knows your chocolate brought them and I assumed that she knew you because I'd just been talking to two other people who knew you. I'm coming so into I your. To, I'm coming into your life, that. Luca. If oh you like my it or God, not. Yes. And <laughs> then blessed. we discovered that we had already met yep. through April Balea, who's also been on the oh show goodness. because <laughs> she's the 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 founder and and CEO, I guess, of Granola Girl. Yeah. Um.
1: The granola.
2: And and so that that was another one and I'm yep. sure we'll and discover April there's runs way more. All
1: these networking events all kinds and so, of networking so many events yes. come yeah. in. and
2: that was where we'd actually met before yeah. was at one of her networking yeah. events. Dest- yes. destined to cross paths. Oh God, yes, yes. Exactly. So, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on the show. Finally. Thank you for having me. And it's a pleasure you for, to be for here. Persisting because, of course, you know, it's it. You get yourself all worked up to to do a show and then find out at the last minute that you can't because your snow is not yeah. operating. All good. It's a pleasure to be here today. So, thank you. So, let's start with chocolate. Okay. All right, um, because I was very interested to see that mm-hmm. you are not professionally trained as not. a. What do they call it? A Ch- chocolatier. chocolatier. Yes, or a
3: chocolatier. Everyone calls me a chocolatier, and it's actually secretly my pet peeve. Oh, <laughs> really? <cringe>.
2: I'm like, <laughs>
3: no, I'm not.
2: I'm not. No, so, <laughs> how, so how did that happen? Like, how come you're not? Yeah. I um, and, and I'm very curious to know how you arrived at this because yeah. you were saying that you've got a degree in economics. So yes, I did. It's <laughs> not exactly a straight, no, uh, straight line connection from economics to no, to making chocolate not at
3: all. No. And your chocolate is unique as well. So we're we'll yes, what are going well, great question. So, thanks for asking that. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's always curious, and it's always a bit of a mystery. So, yeah, it's, it was quite a journey, but I'll do my best to sort of summarize it. Mm-hmm. So, yes, as you said, I went to UBC for several years. And I studied economics and international relations, and I was going to be an economist. That was my career goal. Um, so, yes, very, very far off from chocolate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I would say that chocolate could grease the wheels. I was thinking this oh, <laughs> World affairs and, and <laughs> economics. Maybe it would make us all happier and sweeter. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, great point.
3: <laughs> you know? Actually, it's funny because when I was in university, I was really interested in food economics. so I wanted to be an agricultural economist. So my interest in food started early. So mm. yeah, I was clear on the food thing, but it took a completely different turn, of course. So yeah, I, I always say that chocolate found me. I never, ever once had the thought that I'm going to have a chocolate business. So... Did you I-
2: ever have the thought that you would have a business?
3: No, I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur. I mean, I worked for a very short period of time in government after I finished my degree in the field of economic development. And the feedback I got was, you know, we love having you here. But I was always starting new things. (laughs) Um, Which is
2: very typical of entrepreneurs.
3: Yeah, and I didn't know I was an entrepreneur at the time. And I was, I saw all these opportunities and I was starting this thing and that thing and some of it was appreciated and a lot of it <laughs> um wasn't <laughs> because um yeah entrepreneurship and, and government are just not right. a match so they were really kind had great relationships with relationships with them but they kindly said you know we think you'd be really well suited for something else at the end <laughs> it's
2: a fit if you <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes So, um, so yeah, that was, that was that. And then, yeah, chocolate. I mean, I started a food business first. So the whole idea of food called me. Um, And so I was getting into that and I tried all kinds of businesses that I always say that, Instead of getting my master's in business, I had real life experience. Yeah, and it happens, of, right?
2: <laughs> you learn experientially. It did.
3: It's the best kind of learning. I highly recommend it. Um, so yeah, I and I had a, a business called For the Love of Food, and I had a For the Love of Food website, and it had all different kinds of you know food pictures on it. And then of course, chocolate accidentally happened. And then one day, someone said, "You know, we go to your website, and we have absolutely no idea that you're a chocolate business." and your, <laughs> your your website doesn't even like speak to chocolate. And I didn't even dawn on me. I'm like, well, I didn't really actually think that I had a chocolate business. It just sort of, it happened accidentally. So I had to, Well, you were doing other things, yeah, like, pretty much. So I, yeah, one day I had to, I had to say to myself, okay, I have a chocolate business. I need to rebrand. I need to change my website. I need to actually go get pictures. And own this. And, and you know, it was calling me and I, I knew that I had to do so it. So how many so. years
2: ago was it that you rebranded
3: and called yourself Glow Chocolate? That's a great question. Um, It actually went so f- from For the Love of Food and then I had, my products were called Glow. So Glow something.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And then I called my business Glow Goodies. And then it originated to Glow Chocolate maybe about five, six years ago or something. So where guess, does the so. Glow come from? Great question. Well, It begs that
2: question. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
3: so um, when I was in my early 20s in university, um, I had a health crisis. So um, I started my university years as every typical university student, um, drinking and (laughs) eating, you know, drinking Starbucks late at night, cramming for exams and eating whatever, All those great food habits, right? (laughs) Totally, (laughs) yeah. And then, yeah, my my health gave way quite young. So Mm. I was forced at the time to, you know, start researching nutrition and food. And at the time, you know, right now I think it's kind of more a la mud. It's sort of the thing that's done. But Mm -hmm. this was um, in the early 2000s. -hmm. So, it wasn't something that was sort of widely spoken it about or wasn't sexy. Or in wasn't those sexy. Days, None no. of my friends did it. Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely the odd one out. And um, so, anyways, I wasn't feeling well, but I ate really, really good food. And it was so ironic because people kept on saying to me, You have this glow about you. And it was so funny because I'm like, Wow, well, I feel worse than I've ever felt in my life. But I looked so different. And then it, dawned on me that there's this huge connection between our energy and how we look and our body and food. And even though it's quite obvious to me now, I actually never made that connection before. And then I realized like, well, where do do our bodies come from? Oh, they come from the food that we eat. And again, it's totally obvious, but I just never had that thought and really clearly made that connection. So um, it was something that people just kept on saying to me that there was a glow about me. And I was like, it's the food. So um that's
2: yeah that's where the name so was it inspired kind of from snuck it, 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 from them telling you yeah turned into you telling other people
3: exactly and you know it's also glow for me represents you know your energy how you look and then also how you feel right so i'm very very highly sensitive to everything including food and so um, yeah, I feel better. I'm a better person when I'm conscious of how I'm eating. So, I wanted people to to get that that when they're eating well, they're going to feel more glowy,
2: I guess. So you know? it makes sense then that when you got into chocolate, that it was chocolate that was organic and sugar free, and yes, not sweet free,
3: but sugar free. Sugar free,
2: yes. So because, let, yes. let's talk for a moment about sugar-free what you did to
3: the chocolate okay. because
2: <laughs> because you, you're you not just following the regular standard no chocolate I'm recipe. definitely not
3: no yeah no so yeah so I actually um I used to live in France I did an exchange there for a year and I became the biggest food snob <laughs> <laughs> I just, you obnoxious? Was it? <laughs> I just I fell in love with the food culture there yeah um I love their relationship with food. I love how much time they take around food. I love how seriously they take their pleasure. I loved how when I went to a restaurant that every waiter or waitress knew exactly how to pair the right wine with the right not just meal but the right course so there would be different wine pairings for the aperitif Mm -hmm. versus the main meal versus the dessert and it was taken very seriously where in Vancouver it's like you ask for a wine pairing and no one knows and I was just so um, uh, in love with that and and, and encapsulated by that so anyways um, yeah I I developed just this really strong um, appreciation for good flavor good food and then of course when i had my health issues i had a lot of restrictions a ton of restrictions so it became, and i guess sugar was one of them oh huge like yeah i was eating a very 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 limited diet so yeah i did not I could even have even like a drop of maple syrup sometimes mm-hmm. it was too much mm-hmm. so even i mean there's a whole range of sweeteners from like dates to maple syrup to something like stevia and they'll have different mm-hmm. you know qualities, but mm-hmm. you know yeah, at the time I couldn't even have healthy healthier versions of sugars like yeah dates and maple syrup or honey or, or something like that. Yeah. So um, it was obviously quite painful and, and very isolating and um, yeah, not fun. And so it kind of became this whole thing, like a creative outlet for me to see how can I find ways to make food taste really good? by using, you know, I was always researching ingredients online, like what are different replacements or what kind of foods are out there. And it became a passion and a, a creative outlet for me where I felt good. I felt like I came alive. In Were doing you that. a natural
2: researcher? I mean, is that something that you took to like a duck to water or was That's it something you had to cultivate? Question.
3: You know, I never thought of myself as a researcher until recently it was pointed out to me actually by Gina. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. she's all into sacred gifts, mm-hmm. um, she's like you like to research thing and I things, and then I realize I'm like, oh yeah, I, I'm always researching things, and not everyone does that. So I think when something's natural for you, you assume that everyone is like that, yeah. and then it takes someone who doesn't isn't seem like special that. to you because you've always no, done it. Yeah. no, but um, yeah, I mean, I think at the time I was just really into yeah research like. Trying new foods not from, I didn't I don't think it came from a place of love of research at the time. it was more of a necessity mm-hmm. um, and then and then, um, at the time, I wasn't able to eat a lot of things, so I couldn't actually taste a lot of the recipes that I was creating. so I had to use my intuition because I would make things for people. Oh, wow, so I became very intuitive around food because I couldn't even taste test it so I would make things for people but never taste it and give it to them and they would say this tastes amazing Julie and I have no idea so what they're were were talking about it
2: in your imagination
3: I did yeah that was a healing was healing for me to do that yeah because I was trying to create peace around eating and you were food. having
2: imaginary food. yeah
3: because I was so caught on I can I can't eat anything and I'm so stuck and my life sucks or whatever right and so to turn that around i thought okay i want to feed other people i want to create things for other people i want to develop a love of food that's how my first business name came about how do i fall in love with food again so mm-hmm. it became a it, it yeah it was about feeding other people at first and
2: i've never heard yeah. of intuition being used that way before
3: yeah but
2: I can cook a whole meal. Yeah. Without tasting anything. Yeah. And yeah. it comes out fine at the other end. Perfect. And maybe I'm doing the same thing There you I go. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah, I'm I'm resonating with this too. Yeah, uh, that's uh, there's something that happens with a, a like an an internal knowledge of chemistry and taste even if you're yeah. not actually tasting it. Yeah. That gives you this sense of this and this even though I haven't put these together with this new item. Yeah. This is going to work.
3: For sure. And
1: yeah. these quantities tend to work in other things and it and it just becomes something that works in the back of my brain for yes. sure, and yeah, there's a lot of times where I'll just uh, I tweak a recipe that's yep. brand new, and I just and feeling, I don't even right? taste it, and I'm like, yep. no, this is going to be good, yep. and it is absolutely. So it's wonder- but that's really interesting because you you were prohibited from tasting it, yeah, which is a little mm-hmm. different, yeah, mm-hmm. and therefore was wholly reliant on yes. just that feedback you're getting from other people, absolutely. But it also sounds like you had such a love to create, and so you were. The, like this insistence that you were going to keep making yeah. food, even yeah. though it was something you couldn't join in participating yeah. with them. That yeah. is fascinating in itself. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's something about that persistence in creating food yeah. to nourish and nurture yeah. and gift people around yeah, you. Yeah, it
3: was kind of like a last resort, right? Because I hated eating. I hated being mm. around food. Actually, my fear was at the time, my biggest fear was being gifted with food. Because I thought, I do not want to be around food for the rest of my life. That was my worst nightmare.
2: <laughs> well, we do so much relationship building around food, right? Yeah. We, we talk about breaking bread
3: together. Yes, absolutely. And so
2: if, if you're restricted in terms of what you can eat. Yeah. Then it takes a lot of the p- pleasure out of those social interactions. For sure. Yeah. But if you can be bringing something to put into those social interactions, absolutely, then yes. you're included again.
3: For sure. Right. Exactly. In a creative yeah. way. Yes. Yeah. No, absolutely. And yeah. then
2: nurturing, as, as Rebecca said, a nurturing, nourishing
3: way. Yes. Yes. Right? No, for sure. Yeah. It was, um, oh, I had a thought. Rebecca, you were saying something. Anyways, it'll probably come back oh, to me. Yeah.
1: I don't remember what I was saying okay. now either. It's Anyways. all good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But in that in that um, that action of taking care of of your friends yeah. and, and knowing that food was in itself a miserable experience for yourself yeah. at that time. Mm-hmm. This is, it's an interest, not everybody's going to take that and turn it inside out. Yeah. You know, in terms of I hate doing this for me, but I'm now going to engage with this to serve others. Most people would Mm -hmm. just be like, can we go for a walk? Yeah.
3: You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was actually, I mean, it was also very selfish because I was like, I want to, we have to eat. We have no choice. Right. Mm -hmm. So I want to heal my relationship with food. So Mm -hmm. I will start that by, you know, serving other people and watching them enjoy the food so I can develop a more positive relationship. Actually, I remember what I was going to say is before I started doing this, so my mother passed away when I was young, mm-hmm. and I was raised by my single father, and I grew up on <laughs> canned chef <chef-roni> tea <laughs> and noodles and frozen pizzas. Thing. Not all
2: dads <laughs> are like that, but, you know, yeah.
3: Right? And so I could not, I came to university not knowing how to cook at all, <laughs> Um, and everyone made fun of me. I was known as a person who d- knew nothing in the kitchen, who could not cook. Like, I could, you know, boil Mr. Noodles, and that was it. So when I got into this, this was a big shift from who I was before. And it was not something that I felt I had a gift with, that I was born with, or that, you know what I mean? Maybe I did have it when I was born, but I didn't know. But, yeah, so just, yeah, Trub. So the yeah. first
2: time I met you, you were just telling me that I was spouting information at you. <laughs> And I was talking about other lifetimes. Yeah, did that? Did that resonate with you? Like, did it make sense what I said? Yeah, I don't even remember what I said now. Okay, you you
3: you said something to me about um, having a lifetime in like the Mayan culture or kind of no understanding the medicinal properties of cacao or something like that. That's what you had said. Um, So actually, one of my uh, one of my clients, Mm -hmm. um, she is a gifted intuitive, as I spoke to you about before mm-hmm. and um in one of the readings she had done for me she said oh julie like you 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 mastered the art of chocolate other lifetime so that's why you don't have to do it in this lifetime and you know it's so funny trying to explain that to people because i started doing chocolate without ever opening up a recipe book researching anything online you nothing just i just knew and my chocolate's been compared to you know Top chocolatiers in the world, and you know, I've I've gotten into hands of food reporters, and it, it's it, you know, it plays at that level. And it mm. like a chocolatier, and I'm like, no, like I cannot actually have a professional conversation with a trained chocolatier because I don't know You're the lingo. Know the language, I have yeah. no idea. And I, I've, mm. you know, at some points, I actually have hired professional chocolatiers mm. to help me do specific product um, projects or mm. train me in a certain skill set or just get ideas from them because I don't know. I just do things so differently, right? What do you bring
2: to them in those
3: cases? Um, That's a good question. It hasn't really... That's never really been the purpose of the relationship. It's just been more like I just want, <laughs> I just need, I need this specific yeah. skill set or I need this specific thing. Mm-hmm. So wow, um, I know it always goes in both
2: directions. Yeah, I mean, like I'm not sure that yeah. all
3: people who make chocolate are sweetening with no, non-sugar. for sure, no, for sure. I mean, no, I've never taught a chocolatier how to do that. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of just do my own thing, and yeah, I mean, maybe mm-hmm. a, one day I will. Who but knows? when so, they've
2: been working with you, yeah. what do they say when
3: they leave? Oh, I've never actually had someone work with me before, like in my kitchen, like a professional chocolatier. Oh, is where i just them. I've hired them to outsource things, like we weren't connected, oh, or yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, or it was okay. in a conversation. Yeah. So they okay. haven't come in and watched me. Might watch be really me. interesting. But that, to to maybe that's an idea. Some, yeah. Who knows, right? You know, so, maybe you're, you're bringing <laughs>
2: something to it that you don't even know you're bringing yeah. to it because yes. you, you haven't been comparing. Yeah. So. Yeah, I,
3: actually, I have thought about maybe at some point designing like an ebook or, or a guide to help whether someone who's making chocolate or mm. any kind of mm. dessert and how to replace sugar in a way that's really delicious. So,
2: what do people tell you about what the difference is between your chocolate and the, the more <laughs> regular, understood mainstream yeah. yes. kind of chocolate?
3: Well, I find really interesting is that people often have hesitation around you know, the term sugar-free chocolate. It's vegan. Um, it's dairy-free. There's no soy. There's no this. And it's funny because the question I get asked so often is like, what's left? <laughs> so I always tell people, I'm like, I make chocolate from air. <laughs> Magical. <laughs> and actually, one of my products. It's imaginary chocolate. It is. No <laughs> no <calories. laughs> it's a great business model. I highly recommend it. <laughs> Very little cost. Um, actually, one of my product lines are called Global Truffles. They have no chocolate chocolate in them but they taste like chocolate. So literally there's no ch- there is no chocolate in it. There's no sugar, there's no dairy, there's like no nothing. And so people <laughs> are just like who what are you?
0: <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: You know, they're very, they can be very apprehensive. It's the
2: unchocolate.
3: Yeah, the unchocolate, exactly. Like the <laughs> <way of cola. laughs> yeah, 100%. So, um, but people tend to be, or you know, people will say, oh, I have a vegan friend or I have a vegan daughter or, you know, somebody who has this kind of dietary issue. So they'll buy it for those people, but they'll end up falling in love with it themselves. Mm. And I, you know, there's, I mean, obviously, I have a customer base who are very educated in nutrition who really get it, and they're not surprised that it tastes good. But kind of, I think, for the wider population, you know, there's kind of this false notion that when something's healthy, it's going to taste bad because everyone has these ideas of, like, things yeah, taking, like cardboard lacking. lacking, right? Yeah. It's a poor substitute. Yeah.
1: Or or yeah. someone like me who, when I had, I had sugar-free chocolate when I had gestational diabetes with yes. my second, yeah. and that did not react very well with my body because it's yeah. the malodextrin stuff yes, and it's like, whoa! Yeah. And yeah. so sugar-free is actually meaning that alternative yes. weird chemical stuff. A hundred
3: percent. And actually, I was just mm-hmm. talking to Adina about that this morning that you know, one of the things the chall- one of the challenges in my business is, you know, I'm saying things are sugar-free but there's no artificial anything. People automatically assume that they're like, right. how, how do you make it yeah. taste sweet, right? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like people can't really wrap their minds around it. It's like that's too good to be true kind of thing, right? So, mm.
1: um,
3: yeah, how wonderful!
1: What a great zone to be in. You're actually in. <laughs> yeah. you're you're helping people to discover there's so much more possible yes. possibility yeah. for deliciousness mm-hmm. and satisfyingness, but oh, without. For sure. The I mean 'cause I mean I'm a lover of chocolate, but they're sure. they're it's not good for me, the stuff that I eat, right? Yeah. Now yeah. I'm like I might become a very totally yeah, customer I'm of gonna, yours, <laughs>
0: So I'm
2: gonna rope you in. <laughs> you I always talk to my chocolate religion. Happened. I'm, I'm converting you. About, <laughs> about chocolate and about anything like that that's yeah. really good is that and cheese is like that too. Yeah. The better it is, the less of it you need to eat to feel satisfied. It's Mm -hmm. when it's empty Mm -hmm. that our bodies keep wanting to shove more in because it hasn't got anything yet. Mm.
3: Especially with sugar, right? I mean, sugar is designed to be addictive, right? Mm -hmm. And I always tell people that when they're hungry, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, we need more macronutrients like proteins, carbs, or fats. But actually... Um, it's very, most of the time, our body just needs nutrition. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know. Go you, figure, right? Right. Like yeah. it, it might, it might yeah. need, yeah. I don't know, iron mm-hmm. or this kind of antioxidant. So your body says, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. To try, mm-hmm. And an effort, a survival effort mm-hmm. to try to get um, that nutrition. But mm-hmm. So what yeah. is it
2: that's in chocolate, in that cacao bean? In mine or well, just no in general? Way, but in general. Like okay. it, because if we go back to yeah. the the medicinal yes effects yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. What what is it that's in that bean
3: that is beneficial to human beings? That's and a that great we question.
2: that we love so much.
3: Yeah. Well let me first start off by saying that I think with any plant there is so much about plants that we don't know and mm-hmm. we're always trying to like um, reduce it to like it has this nutrition this nutrient or it has vitamin mm-hmm. A or Vitamin this or this mineral, and there's so much more complexity that we just don't understand that nature gets, and so I feel like there's a lot of stuff we don't know about cacao, um, and and the chocolate plant. So. Um, but more specifically, what we do know, besides, of course, chocolate's very high in antioxidants, which everyone knows, and um, actually the cacao that I source is grown in a very mineral-rich region, so there's lots of minerals in it. Um, But So I'm embarrassed because I should know how to pronounce this, having a chocolate business, (laughs) but I always get the pronunciation wrong. But there's a certain protein in chocolate, um, it's a molecule that um, our bodies it's identical to the molecule that our bodies create when we fall in love yeah, it's the chemical hug right right mm-hmm. it's, it's a, I think it's called mm-hmm. phenyl oh my gosh okay yes yeah. yeah, so we can you can research that, it if you're interested that thing. <laughs> that well, i just call it the chemical <laughs> hug. it has like mm-hmm. it yeah. has like 15 yeah. uh letters in it so yeah. yeah anyways um so that's why people are really drawn it. to it mm-hmm. oh you did <laughs> but now can you phenethylamine. pronounce phenethylamine? Wow. Congratulations
1: Rebecca I'm just looking at Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I got brains. <laughs> phenethylamine. I don't know if I'm actually putting the right emphasis right. on there, but that's all the <laughs> syllables. There we go. Back to you. do to a you.
3: contest one time who <laughs> can pronounce the the, the chocolate word. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. it's in, so that's why yeah, chocolate's associated with the heart and Valentine's Day, right? But mm-hmm. the irony is is that sugar actually kind of kills your sex drive it it, it kills all that so it's just kind no! of a whole there's a whole irony in that when I, when I see no, it it's very obvious <laughs> it <true? laughs> so yeah you know the chocolate is meant to be an aphrodisiac and yeah there's there's just so much magic to it but if yeah it's yeah, intuitively yeah, intuitively i can tell
2: you there's even more in there but i can't off the top of my head tell you yeah. what it is no but i know
3: there's something yeah. in there and I, I do realize that there are people um, who really value scientific information and they want to know the breakdowns. And I totally, completely respect that. And yeah, so yeah. Um, there's tons of information on the Internet. Mm. And I think I'm probably more similar to you. I kind of go my gut feeling on things, how yeah. I feel, on my intuition mm-hmm. says, and things like that. Of course, I'll, you know, look at facts and stuff like that. So and the
2: human relationship with yeah. this particular being yeah. has been going on for a very long time. It has, yeah. Um, and yeah. so... Intuitively, we have known yeah. that this was valuable. Yes, yeah. Um, even though we don't, I mean, it, it it is one of the big commodities, food commodities in the world, like yeah. like coffee is. Yeah, right?
3: yeah. I mean, you look back. I mean, I mean, cacao is new to European culture, like after colonization of mm-hmm. South America, but not to the
2: South American, no, North not Central to not American not no, culture, no right? absolutely right. And, and they center, knew that, and,
3: and they used yeah. it in spiritual ceremony and. They used it as a way to connect to the divine, and um, they. Oh, I had a really cool fact about that. Something about yeah, they used to have it. Yeah, anyways, I can't remember it, so I won't go there. But
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to get it you can, wrong. You can post it on, on there. We Facebook go. Page Perfect. I can I can follow with you on is. it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they used it for spiritual purposes and yeah. for enlightenment, and so they yeah. they they perform ceremony with it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And they use it as a way of um, monetary exchange as well. So yeah, yeah, because it was, yeah, it was so valuable. It's yeah. like peppercorns. Yeah, <laughs>
2: so they knew to use that that way too. Yeah, yeah, and and they, I mean,
1: yeah. It's about time You're- for one of our songs. Okay. Yes. Yeah, we are yes. we are whizzing through oh, our and time. We here. should okay. also we should also
2: remind people there <laughs> who they're listening to because we haven't checked in as no, as early as we normally do. So you're listening to Essential Conversations with Ruka, Luca and Rebecca, and our guest today is Julie Beyer, who's the principal and founder at Glow Chocolate, and we're talking all
1: things chocolate here today. Which song do you, would you like to play for your first song today? Oh,
3: that's a great. Question: What what song so do you got have the first?
1: September song, and we've got the Dante's prayer. How
3: about Dante's prayer?
1: Okay, would yeah. you like to tell us before or after why you chose this song? I'll tell you after. All right, that. we're going to take a listen then to Lorena McKenna's Dante's prayer, and then we're going to rejoin Julie Bayer. I really want to say Bayer, Julie Bayer, <laughs> here in the studio in just a few minutes. Is you Welcome back to Essential Conversations. We are broadcasting from the unceded ancestral territory of the Coquitlam, the Musqueam, the Squamish, and the Tsleil-Waututh. And when I say that this week, what's most on my mind is remembering uh, the Wet'suwet'en, and I don't know if I pronounced their uh, traditional name correctly, and my apologies if I have not learned that correctly yet, and um, the land defenders who are working so very hard and putting their lives on the line for the protection of the land that they have been the uh, caretakers of for so many millennia. And my heart goes out to them My time goes out to them My voice goes out to support their voices My energy goes out to support them as well We are here today with Julie Beyer She is the principal and founder at Glow Chocolate We just listened to her first song request today Which was Lorena Lorena McKennett uh, Dante's prayer. That was really pretty, Isn't and I'm—I have to go and dive into her music after this. I can't. I feel a little like I missed something.
2: You <laughs> like, have. You <laughs> got. You got a new vein to mine. I mind. do. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yes. So in the yes. music world. Yes. Um, so your chocolate business grew out of your food love yes. of food. Yes. Your love of food grew out of. The hatred of food for a while. It's <laughs> a good recap. Yes. Your hatred of food grew out of health issues that happened while you were you in university and you were yeah. studying economics and yeah. aiming in a direction that wasn't where you ended up going. Yes. Yeah. What do you think this is all about? What was this bringing you home to?
3: Wow. Deep question. Wow. Thank you. After coming out of the <laughs> Chef Boyardee desert yeah. and,
2: right, of food
3: to yeah. into what you're in now, yeah, which is so like different. Technicolor. color. Yeah. Well, um, to answer that in a very short way, it brought me home to who I am and to myself. And it's been an incredibly, incredibly transformational journey. And I've learned so much. And now I can't think of living my life any other way. Um, but yeah, at the time, I definitely thought I was a little bit crazy or like, what am I doing? Or You know what I mean? Like there was there's a lot of sure. ups and downs and whatnot and, and confusing at times. But um, and
1: especially since you came into it from a different way than, yeah. you know, the fact that you're uncomfortable with the term chocolatier, that's yeah. not your background. Yeah. And yet you're still doing this work. Yeah. And so that's sort of the I'm on the playing field, but I didn't quite get my jersey the same way as no. everybody else. <laughs>
3: No. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I actually want to kind of communicate more in my business. Mm. Um, and just to say, you know, this, these are intuitive recipes, like they came through me. And I was just telling a friend that, you know, after I designed something, like, I don't know why I designed it, I have to like taste it. And then also the nutrition behind it after and I'm like, Oh, that's so brilliant. Or that makes so much sense. But I didn't think of that. It's like, like
2: backward engineering. I do. hundred percent. Right? Reverse, it's a reverse engineering is what it is. A
3: thousand yeah. percent. My yeah. whole business has been like that. So I'm like, oh, that's why that idea came to me. So I'm constantly reverse engineering all the time. So, um, yeah. And, you know, back to your point or earlier about, you know, you were having sugar-free chocolate when you had gestational diabetes. Mm-hmm. And you were eating multidextrin. You didn't feel good. And there's mm-hmm. just a real distrust around sugar-free anything um and the way that i work is you know i call it the glow or the golden ratio like it's all about finding the right ratios of things so you know with coconut butter i use things like lacuma or green stevia very different than white stevia
0: hmm.
3: um and you know people have horrible experiences with stevia so i don't tell people their stevia my product because they'll be like ew but you know it's again we're working with you know You've probably heard of the golden ratio, right? So it's kind of like that. So how do you get the best ratios to create the best flavor? And it's usually using a combination of sweeteners. And it's all mathematical mm. and ratio derived. And people, yeah, it's it's a more of a complex idea, something that... Um, mm-hmm. That, yeah, it's not like a, a buzzword that you can kind of summarize, like mm-hmm. sugar-free or vegan or organic, right? right? It's, it's a bit more, it's deeper than that. And so, so
1: when you, when people say, so what are you using if you're not using sugar, then it's yeah. also not a simple answer. You're not no. just substituting one ingredient for one. No, absolutely not. You're making you're a whole, making a whole around it. other chemical reaction on yeah. the
3: tongue yeah. using
1: mm. many different 100%. natural ingredients. Yeah.
3: Or, you know, one of the things I'll do with chocolate, because cacao is very, very bitter naturally. So, you know, it's really hard to do a sugar-free chocolate that tastes good. Mm -hmm. So I, quote-unquote, not water it down, it's not the right word, but I soften it, rather, with things like coconut butter, which has a natural sweetness that's really high in fats and lots of nutrition that, you know, it's a very hypoallergenic food. So those little tricks like that that Mm -hmm. I use, right, that, again, it's just, yeah, it's, it's more... Complex. How did you
2: figure out there was a difference between
3: green and white stevia? That I figured out quite early. Um, I've done my research on it. So, um, white stevia is processed. So stevia actually comes from a plant. Mm. It's green. It's a leaf. It's really trippy. Mm. I don't know if you've ever eaten a stevia leaf before. It's very sweet, right? Mm. It's like it looks like you're eating a piece of lettuce, <laughs> <laughs> and so you're expecting to taste a vegetable, mm. and it tastes sweet, and yeah. it's like this. Yeah, and it's the leaves really, are
2: small. Like, they yeah, very like, small. They're not
3: they're not big like a no. like a kale leaf or anything. No, 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 it's quite a small plant. So, yeah, but there is a bit of a weird aftertaste with green stevia, and that's mm. why. know, it's been hard I think for that industry to sell it. So they wanted to change it to make it more palatable for, you know, people's taste buds. So which I get, I understand people need to make money. Mm. Um, but you know from my perspective I feel like nature knows best. Mm. And so whenever we're taking something that's natural and we're alterating it in one way or the other we're losing something that's important to that plant whether we f- understand it or not with our minds so
1: it doesn't even sound yeah. that, that different for me even from from sugar cane yeah versus the processed sugar that yeah. we have right? so different yeah
2: because yeah, sugar cane is sweet but it's yeah. not it's not so horribly sweet no, like exactly. white sugar Yes.
3: Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I trust, I trust Mother Nature mm-hmm. so I just try to use um, the most sort of whole forms of foods as possible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and again, it's just working with the ratios to use it correctly, right? So that you're using some ingredients to cover up like the bitter aftertaste or the weird, but allowing the sweetness to come through in the exact right way in the exact right ratio. It's a mm-hmm. very, very, very precise science and art. So you must have art. a recipe. book that you've
2: created. I mean, I'm not saying that you sell it. Yes. yeah. Like index cards
3: full of what what you've refined the
2: recipe down to with all of your
3: experimenting when you finally get those correct ratios. Well, actually, so like I said, I have two different product lines. So I have Mm -hmm. one that I work with cacao. Mm -hmm. And when I don't use chocolate cacao, I use carob. So a completely other plant. My carob recipes are the exact same every time I have spreadsheets they are precise down to the .23 decimal place and the exact amount goes in every single time and it comes out tasting the same every single time Mm -hmm. chocolate's a whole other ball game Mm -hmm. (laughs) so with um, cacao I'm actually not familiar with um, chocolate that is commercially sold because again I'm not a chocolatier. I don't have expertise in the Mm -hmm. area but I just know with the heirloom cacao that I source—that's also hasn't been roasted, so it's more closer to its natural state. Um, it retains, it's also grown in an ecologically diverse environment, mm. so it actually will pick up the flavors of the plants around it. Mm. So every time I get a bag of cacao, it tastes completely different. Mm. And I tell people that one bag from the next will taste as different as a red wine. Than a, I was a, just going to say a white it's wine. like wine. Like wine, yeah. wow. right? Like they're both Do you, they're, wines. Are there vintages of, of cacao?
2: Like, could, oh. could you say, oh, you know, uh, 2012 was a great year?
3: No, they don't do that. I mean, maybe no. you could, but it's just, I mean, there's so much variation. So mm. I never know what I'm working with. And there'd and be terroir to it, just like just there true. is. Just true. Yeah. Right? Actually, you know what? I think that's a great entrepreneurial idea for somebody to do that. I'm not mm-hmm. going to do it, but I hope someone does because <laughs> yeah. I think that they could do a great business on that. But yeah, the the chocolate, it tastes so different. Sometimes it's super bitter and dark, and other times it tastes like flowers. Sometimes people will be like, oh, I tasted cherry in that, and there's no cherries, like mm-hmm. none. But they're tasting the flavors of that. So anyways, every recipe has to be adjusted. That's so and interesting. Sometimes I have to even combine different cacaos from different batches offset each other. And so the whole thing's intuitive. So I have a base recipe mm-hmm. that I work from, mm-hmm. but then it has to be um, adjusted every single time and it's intu- all, all intuition and the mm-hmm. girls who help me, they need to learn that. Mm-hmm. They need to be able to like tune in and be like okay, what is this wanting? It's like um, you're having a conversation
1: with mm-hmm. each different
3: is. batch yeah. of cacao. I know. People think I'm nuts, but whatever. It's, no, it's, it's how it, has, it works. It. Yeah.
2: a cacao palate. Like You do like it's a training.
3: Who Taste teas and yeah. taste wines and Yeah. And then to know, okay, what is it wanting? Like to get this best flavor, how can we highlight this? Does it need a bit more of this or more of that? And mm-hmm. so to know how to and adjust then it. every time yeah. we remelt it, sometimes look we'll, you know, I make a big batch of chocolate, then I'll put some of it away and just pour it out in certain chunks yeah. it needs to be readjusted again and depending on the energy of the person who's working with it it will completely change which no one <laughs> believes me until they come in and they will taste how the- fascinating. it is so particular there's a book in this <laughs> oh my gosh and i, I thought i'm like God, how, do, how does anyone run a chocolate that sounds like am i the only one so mm-hmm. i i asked my cacao supplier who also has a chocolate company she's amazing she's based out of um uh toronto it's called mm-hmm. giddy yo-yo and they, um, they source the cacao and wholesale it to other chocolate businesses, but they also make their own chocolate bars. Mm-hmm. So I said to her, I'm like, am I, the, like, am I nuts? Am I crazy? You know, yeah, like yeah. people come in and everything will change or my mood or everything. It's all a f- goes, you know, it's, it's, effect, it's so easily affected. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, she's had experiences where someone walks in the room and the whole batch of chocolate goes. <laughs> But I'm like, okay, wow. I'm the only one. Thank God. So it's a really big part of my training. That at is glow fascinating. Is the energy. Of well, it. I think we haven't even scratched the surface
2: of what energy does. Because yeah. I wor- used to work with a guy who used to fix laptops for yeah. people. He was yeah. a Mac developer. Yeah. And he says there's a crystal inside every yes. one of those computers. Yeah. And people's energy affects the crystals. Yeah. And so people would be coming back in to see him constantly like to have the computer fixed. Yeah. And it wasn't that he didn't fix it, it yeah. was that. Their energy was continuing to, to mess it up, scramble. It up. Yeah. That, that
3: and <laughs> I Can and relate to it. that,
2: right? So yeah. I think I think that this is we're going to discover.
3: Oh, for sure. That there are,
2: there are there's an energy component to so many things that we with which we interact in the world and we don't even so know what
1: they are. I'm remembering the. Um, it sometimes it's even a classroom. Project where yeah. they have a plant, or yeah. you take, remove leaves from the plant, yeah. and this plant everyone comes and says mean things to, yeah. and this plant everyone 100%. comes and says loving things, yeah. and then you, and after music, yeah, and, whatever else. Yeah, and, yeah, and you yeah, can yeah. see a physical difference in the plants Absolutely. over uh, over a period of time, yeah. and this is you know this is a living. Plant yeah. was a living plant, but yeah. there, because this experiment was mm-hmm. done even just with leaves beside the bed, which yeah. are plucked off a plant. Yeah. So there's something that continues living. Yes. In this mm-hmm. pre thriving living, yeah. uh, you know, object, yeah. creation of the natural world. And so this makes sense to me, even though it also feels like, wow, what? <laughs>
2: you could say it's still alive because you haven't roasted it. No. Mm-hmm. You haven't cooked it.
3: No. No, I mean, that's one one of the mysteries of chocolate because, like mm. I said, I use carob and I can kind of be in whatever mood and it kind of turns out the same. Do you know what I mean? And of course mm-hmm. we've all experienced where we've made a meal and we've been in a good mood versus a bad oh, mood. Oh, once I <laughs> made the saddest
1: soup <laughs> in the world once where I was like crying into that's this pot. And I just knew that this was like, I didn't even want to feed it to my kids. I was yeah. in this place of grief and it was yeah. just mm-hmm. oh, I could just, t- yeah,
3: saddest soup in the world. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, we, we've all had those experiences and I just, I feel like cacao is more sensitive than any other plant so I've worked with. So there's something about that plant that I can't put my finger on. It's mysterious, but it picks up energy like nothing else.
1: And you are working with it. Mm-hmm. You a are master master manipulating it. And yeah. you are super sensitive because you yeah. said
2: at the beginning of this conversation. Yeah how sensitive you are. I am. <laughs> yeah. And so it makes perfect sense that you, yeah. as a sensitive person, would be yeah. working with a super sensitive plant. I never thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder what that does to the sensitivity or how it interacts
3: with the sensitivity of the person who, who eats it. Yeah. Well, you know, people often say to me, and these are sometimes people who like don't, are not into this kind of stuff or they'll say, oh, there's Something about your chocolate, like I feel it, and I cannot tell you how many messages I've got from people I don't know who say I can feel the energy of your chocolate and that's why I order it. There's something about it that I can't put my finger on mm. and it, it blows me away because I don't really advertise that, you know. I mm-hmm.
1: should. Except for putting you know, it right in the name. Yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. It's actually
3: I, right there. Yeah. I, I remember one time a really funny story. I shared a, a kitchen space with um, these Persian men, and we were kind of like worlds apart, but we connected over food, and we really like speak English, and this one chef was like, Julie, Julie, like a Persian accent, but he was just like, I feel something. What's going on? And he was like, I want to hug you. And he was like hugging people and kissing everybody. And, you know, like which is like,
0: ooh,
2: but on the other hand. If it's genuinely <laughs> motivated by the chocolate, yeah, maybe right. that's
3: okay. You said that. I always yeah. remember that because he's...
1: The phenethylamine is yeah, at work.
3: Uh, <laughs> totally. So, yeah. yeah. It, it, it speaks across cultural and language and, and even belief barriers. So, yeah. 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 So people, yeah, people, I get that feedback quite a bit. Yeah. So And it probably grows in a strip around
2: the equator the same way that, that coffee
3: beans do. Oh, yes, with chocolate. It's a similar kind of climate, They did. I right? think they... They've transported, I don't think it naturally grows in Africa. could be wrong, but I think no. that they, 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 yeah. they do grow it now there. But yeah, they've transported the plant. But it would over have there. to be in the tr- tropical parts, yes, right? Absolutely. Because it needs a yeah. rainforest type atmosphere yeah. to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, a really interesting fact I learned about cacao beans that they thrive growing in shade. Hmm. Interesting. Dark. So, yeah, it's a mm-hmm. real connection to mm. the defying feminine and mm. Mm. <laughs> mysteries of life. Anyway, it's a whole other conversation. But.
1: Yes. Okay, how about we play your second song? Perfect. Okay. And then we'll come back. We're only going to have a little bit of time when we come back so okay. we can talk about what's next for okay. you. Um, so we've got Agnes Oval's September song. Oh, we never asked why you played the other song. I forgot to ask you afterwards. we got to catch up. Okay, okay. Why did you why did you pick Dante's song? Okay,
3: well... I love the music. I love Lorena McKennett. Um, I think she's a brilliant, brilliant artist. And that song, I feel like it's has spoken to me in so many levels um, throughout my life and has been able to express something emotionally that I haven't been able to express through words. Mm-hmm. And so it mirrors that and it's there's a real th- uh, therapeutic. Oh, that's to that. so
1: lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And the next song, would you like to tell us before or after? Sure.
3: I'll tell you once I'm on the topic yeah. of about music. Um. So this song, this is a really cool story. I was walking home from work late at night, I often work in the, late into the evenings, mm-hmm. and I was walking actually along uh, a street um, off of Commercial Drive, and this man was riding his bicycle by me, and he was playing just the most stunning music. And I was just so, like the perfect moment, it was a warm summer's evening, mm-hmm. and this most beautiful song is blaring and I was like oh I should stop him and ask him what he's playing and I didn't and it, I was so disappointed in myself for not asking him so I asked I'm like I would love to hear that song again and I want to know like who 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 did it and then two months no actually not even two months a month later I walked in to get my hair done and she said, oh, I just had this thought to put the song on for you when you came in. It was a song the <laughs> wow. guy was playing. It was a song. I so love it. <laughs> okay. All right. With no further ado,
1: let's listen to Agnes Obel's September song. Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca and Julie Beyer. We've just finished listening to September Song by Agnes Obel. And we had the most, well, Mm. I've still got one waiting for me. We pulled out the sample chocolates that Julie brought with her, and we are smacking our lips. (laughs) Oh, very, very nice. So it's delicious with these textures and the combination yeah. of flavors. And it's yeah. just, it wants to melt, but it needs my teeth to get involved too. Love it. And it's, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, this is going to be happening more often. It's
3: a festival <laughs> of flavors. Absolutely. And they're all real, whole, nutritious foods, right? It's yes. just combining the right ratios. So you're yes, really clearly. maximizing the, the flavor. Yeah. Let's so yeah, no no compromise. You're yeah. just actually having a better experience. It's, it's true. So we yeah. haven't
2: had the carob ones yet because no. we're saving them.
3: Yes, but- those need to be kept. Yeah, taste they're, they're best cold, so mm-hmm. it's a bit warm in here. Mm-hmm. So
1: with the very squeezy yes. time we got last, what's coming up next? How can people connect to you?
3: All right, so my website is <laughs> <laughs> um, love. Yes, it's a dot love, not a dot com. I didn't know you could yeah, do Yeah, you can do love. dot love. And um, I'm on Instagram at glowchocolatelove. I'm on Facebook under glowchocolate. So, yeah, that's the best way to connect. I have an online store. Um, I have a list of retail locations all through um, Vancouver, the lower mainland. Um, and I have one on Vancouver Island and in Whistler. Uh, so yeah, if you have questions, you can contact me through the website and yeah, lots of information online about my business and, and all that.
1: Amazing. And until next time, I wonder what's around the corner.
2: Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower
1: yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahallux.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Oh, ah, 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 ah,
0: ah, 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 ah,